It is time for the cat to meow and for the second episode of whatever I will be discussing the fun things that I have been doing and talking about whatever because who really gives a shit? <laughs> uh, things I saw, things I'm uh, doing, things that are happening, uh, world news, the Olympics. Uh, fucking M. Night Shyamalan, uh, you know. Uh, cue the theme. Okay, here's what I'm doing. Welcome back. Welcome to, welcome to the second episode of whatever with the cat in the background the kids are outside they may run in i don't know whatever's happening is happening right now in front of our faces i am tori mel your lovely host on this random as my shower as my son my lovely son says shower thoughts i will be uh partaking in shower thoughts which are shot thoughts shots <laughs> i like to take shits in the shower and stuff it down the drain with my shower thoughts oh man the thoughts that go through your head when you're in the shower just letting the water dribble down your back into your crack and you're all soaped and sudded up and it's just the most warm and delightful feeling i like to shower outside we have an outside shower and uh i think i've taken Two inside showers in the past three years. Uh, every other one's outside. I, I'm one with nature. I piss uh, outside <laughs> like an animal. And I guess I take shits outside because there's no drains to stuff the shit down. Anyways, here's what I'm going to do. So that theme song that you just heard, uh, I'm a huge fan of Fiverr. I love Fiverr. I think it's the greatest invention known to man. There are so many talented people on planet Earth that just don't have an outlet to uh, display their greatness. Sure, you could go on the Instagrams and the Etsy's and the whatever the fuck you're going to these days, but Fiverr is the one-stop shop for everything. Have anything creative that you want to do, you could do on Fiverr and you can have it done on Fiverr. If you want to have a logo for something done, if you want to have art done, if you want to hire someone to fucking do your podcast theme song. I figure I wasn't going to do a theme song for the podcast and I decided that I should because why not? And it makes it sound cool. So I reached out to my first Fiverr person and uh, told him exactly what I was looking for. Well, here's what happened. And kind of my brain just shut down because I needed to tell you something first. So I've always had nothing but good experiences with Fiverr. Every single Fiverr I've hired, I've uh, been happy with the results that they've turned in, so much so with some of them that I use them over and over and over again, and they are my Fiverr buddies. And I love my Fiverr buddies, don't get me wrong, they're great people. Um, and uh, every now and then, and by every now and then I mean twice, I've come across things that I probably should have researched a little better. First one, I uh, hired someone to do a um, an audio uh, commercial for my book, Spaceship Earth, that I uh, wrote this uh, or just released this past year in uh, April. 
Pick it up. Spaceship Earth is coming to you. It's wherever you can get digital books. You can get my book, Spaceship Earth. Um, and I was like, it'd be rad to have it running on, uh, you know, commercials, you know, other podcasts, things like that. So I hired someone to do a voiceover. I could have done it myself. Uh, I chose not to because I'm kind of lazy like that. And, you know, if there's a problem, why not throw uh, money at it? Um, so what I did was I went, found a dude. He has, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40,000, uh, viewers on their podcast, uh, on, on their radio show, which is on, uh, uh, I think it was on Sirius XM or it's iHeartRadio. They have a show on iHeartRadio and the guy sounded dope. And I was like, you're my guy, dude, I'm going to fucking do this and blah, blah, blah. He wanted me to write a script and I was like, well, I don't feel like writing a script. Why don't you just read the description on the back of the book? Reads the trick description on the uh, back of the book. It doesn't sound, uh, once he turns it in, it, it's not that great. I'm not, and here's the thing. I don't like to be mean to people. So I, you know, after the job's done, I'm like, Hey, you did a great job. You nailed it. I give them a nice little tip for the hard work just because I don't want to be like, bro, this fucking sucked. Go fuck yourself. Also, because I have my five-star rating and I am a VID. That's a very important developer. You get that when you use Fiverr a lot. I'm proud of it. I'm a frequent flyer kind of guy. I like my miles. I like my points. I'm a, a point hoarder. And Hyatt is my uh, hotel of choice. So uh, Hyatt Regency, I love you all across the world. Uh, feel free to sponsor my show. I love my points at Hyatt. And I will only stay at Hyatt Regency Hotels, uh, Hyatt Places, um, Grand Hyatts. You name it. I'm a Hyatt kind of Andazes, which I believe are uh, Hyatts. That's what I'll do. I love me some fucking Hyatts. Anywho, waha. So the dude turns it in. It's not good. I'm like, bro, great job. Not really. And thanks for your thing. And I'm like, you know, let me see who this person actually is. So I do decide, I decided to do a little research and I uh, look up his Instagram and he has a whole bunch of followers, uh, like 30, 40, 50, whatever thousand followers. I'm like, dope. And he, and then uh, same thing on his Facebook page. And then I was like, I, I looked on his Facebook page and he had all this like Breitbart shit. I'm not a political guy. I don't care about politics. You like, you like, but I like what I like. And, you know, it is what it is. And he is a full-on, like, QAnon, Breitbart, Trump-supporting, anti-vaxxing, like, crazy person to me. And it is 100% not the demographic <laughs> of my book, even though my book is universal. And uh, I will say that I, I struck out there and I felt really bad. I'm like, shit, I should have did a little more research. My... Uh, I hope no one sees this. And I don't think anyone did, and it was great. And so, you know, that was my one mishap. Mishap. My second, and it wasn't a mishap because people are talented. I found a dude on Fiverr to do the theme song to this podcast. And I uh, I liked all the music that he did. Like, I mean, it sounded really good, all of his samples. And he had a shit ton of samples. And so um, I was like, yo, I have a podcast. I want to do a theme song. Here's my theme song ideas, what I want it to be like, what I want it to feel like. Uh and uh, he turned in what you just heard, which is the exact opposite of every single bit of direction that I uh, gave the gentleman. Um, and I was like, well, I can't use this. But what it did do is uh, inspired me. It inspired me to make this the theme song for this episode. And I will continue to hire Fiverr people each week, uh, maybe not each week, until I find the right theme song, and I will just keep changing that theme song uh, with the work of Fiverr people until I get it right. And so maybe the next one will be perfect, and then that's the end of this whole little bit. Or 
I'll do it like thousands and thousands of times. And then eventually I'll just go broke because I can't afford to do theme songs anymore. But then I could put all the theme songs together and make some like wild esoteric fucking, you know, musical number that I own the rights to because I make sure that that happens whenever I hire my Fiverr people. All right. Uh, so I saw old. I saw old. And I got to tell you, it's based on a uh, graphic novel called Sandcastles, uh, which I never read. And I didn't even know it was based on a graphic novel until I looked up the movie after I'd seen it. Um, and it was uh, Sandcastles is the the premise is, you know, it's a beach and people get old on the beach and that's it. I read all the reviews of people that read Sandcastle and in Sandcastle, the graphic novel, which was the inspiration for old, there was uh, no explanation to anything that happened in the book. So you don't know why people get old. You don't know what's happening on the fucking island. You know, nothing's explained. Great. So people are like, great idea, shitty book. I don't know. I never read it, so it could be the best book, and they were wrong. But the idea that they didn't explain anything in the graphic novel of what was happening, big disappointment. So I went and saw Old because, you know, I'm a fan of M. Night, kind of. And if I want to, you know, do a quick little breakdown of the life of M. Night, here's what I know. And I think I've seen all of his movies. I know that he cannot uh, write or direct films that are not his idea. If it's not coming from his mind and he tries to lend whatever he's doing to that thing, it's no good. I.E., The Last Airbender. Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the greatest cartoons ever made. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. It's fantastic. Uh, the art's dope. The acting's dope. The stories are dope. The characters are amazing and lovable, every single one of them. And it is a fun cartoon. M. Night did the movie. He directed it. And it was fucking uh, unwatchable. I saw it once and uh, was disgusted and like, I can't believe this is a thing. That's the last airbender, okay? So what else? After Earth, right? After Earth is just a bad, bad, bad movie with a bad idea. And it's like, you know, I think Will Smith just wanted his kid, uh, Jaden, to star in a film. And that happened. And it wasn't good. But uh, I don't think that this was the, uh, it just, it, it, that's another one of his movies that was just bad. And I don't even, did he write that? Did he produce it? Or did he, he just directed it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just, it was a bad movie and he fucking directed it. That's all I need to know, right? Um, Someone, like, The Sixth Sense was a good movie. I haven't seen it in maybe 200 years. I don't know if it still holds up. But, it was rad, and it was an idea, and it really brought that you know, Hitchcockian twist thing back into the fold of the world, and that was like his thing. And you're like, oh, shit. His follow-up film to that is fucking Unbreakable, right? And let me tell you something. Unbreakable is fantastic. Unbreakable is one of my favorite movies ever made. Uh, I love the idea of superheroes um, in the real world. Uh with like real uh, powers, I guess, not based on like 
fucking, you know, mutant explosion like things and da da da. I guess it would be like uh, X Men a little bit or the whole Marvel universe with the mutant gene. You know, it's a gene that happened. This isn't, this is just, you know, evolution. If there is someone that is ultra strong and like never gets sick and doesn't, you know, whatever, there's someone on the other spectrum of the planet that's like just fucking feeble. That's Mr. Glass. Uh, so Unbreakable, right? M. Night, Sixth Sense, okay. Unbreakable, one of my favorite movies ever. I'll watch it over and over and over again. I truly, truly enjoy it. And it was probably the last time Bruce Willis was awesome in anything. Sorry, Bruce Willis. I'm watching all of your movies that are on Netflix and these weird sci-fi fucking films that you're doing. And I, I, I don't understand why this is happening to you. Uh, fuck, man. You know, good luck with you. Um, so after Unbreakable, he does Signs, right? Signs comes out, and I don't care what people fucking say. Signs was a good movie. And I think the big gripe about Signs was that everyone was like, oh, you know, why are the aliens coming to a world that's fucking three quarters water? Spoiler alert, but fucking water's their arch enemy. You know, fucking an alien's got to eat, you know? Eat that fucking food, alien. And so they came down, and Signs was awesome, and I thought it was fantastic i enjoyed it i thought it was fun it was an enjoyable movie and i'm like m night is a dude right i loved you know i liked the sixth sense i loved unbreakable i loved signs um what signs his third film i'm gonna be all over with whatever so then he does i think the village i don't fucking know fuck that movie how's that sound the village can fuck itself it makes no fucking sense it's a weird Amish movie that really could have just fucking, they should have just made some, I don't know what they should have made. I saw it once, I hated it, and I was like, huh, why did he make this movie, and why was it bad? Um, I don't know if I need to go through his whole fucking career. I love Split. So anything in the fucking Unbreakable universe to me, which is uh, Split and Glass, those movies are fantastic. I love them more than anything. His dumb fucking horror movie with Marky Mark was, like, awful. The Happening, like, what? Get out of here. All leading up to old. I loved Lady in the Water, okay? I, I, I'm a fan of that movie. I thought it was fun. The children's book was kind of dope and creepy. So he's, like, hit and miss, right? But mostly, I think, miss over the past few years. I don't know. I don't know. His career's all over the place. I don't know what to do with this fucking guy. Either way, the point is, is I saw old. Old was a uh based on that comic book sandcastle and what he did right in the film spoiler alert well i guess it's not a spoiler alert what he did right was he uh explained everything so everything that was happening in the movie got explained great his the way he moves the camera just doesn't work all the time and it it if the tone of the movie should be one way. He makes it another way with the way he does shit with his camera. And it's just ridiculous, and I don't like it, and it bums me out. Did I like old? Sure, it was good enough. Was the writing absolutely horrible? Absolutely it was. Was his directing not great? Absolutely it wasn't great. Um, but he explained everything, and if you really want to see this movie... You don't have to. It's got problems. It's not what I'm all about. And old could just be an old film, and that's it, you know? Comic-Con, speaking of, was this weekend? Yes, the second year of San Diego Comic-Con at home happened. 
Last year, when it was the first time, I was very upset because it was going to be like my 30th year in a row going to San Diego Comic-Con. I was going since I was uh, 16 when I could first drive. Brecken and I went, and it was dope. And I've been going every year since. Uh, and last year was the first time I wasn't there, so I felt obligated to watch Comic-Con uh, live at home. This year, however, I tried to tune in, and I watched a couple of the things. But look. Here's what I have to say. It's 2020, 2021. Is that a year? I don't fucking know. Maybe I just had a stroke. Who cares, right? It's 2021. Uh, for the past year and a half now, every single person on planet Earth, every single one, I'm talking about homeless people. I'm talking about fucking warlords. I'm talking about everyone. Everyone has a podcast. Everyone has a Zoom meeting. Everyone has, you know, Facebook group like sex chats, whatever they're doing. Everyone is on video with a microphone. And most of those people, all right, look, there's the world is divided into two people. And this is just for the United States. Over the past year and a half, there are people that got that sweet ass fucking uh, Trump Biden money, which is a huge surplus of cash. Um, maybe it's not huge. It was enough money. And then there are the people that just have money, right? That was it. So if you didn't have money before, then you have money, Right. If you have money and then you decide to fucking do Zoom, you're rich and you decide to do Zoom, or if you're middle class or lower class and you got that extra money, there's some things more important than food. And that, my friends, is investing in a microphone and investing in a camera, right? That's it. And you should just, with life, even the homeless guy on the street, should have a pretty good internet connection in 2021. Uh, otherwise, you're just a dumb dummy. Here's what the thing. I don't want to look a year and a half later at a panel with people that are in like weird echo chambers or like they sound like shit or they look like shit or whatever, especially celebrity people. And so it, it made the experience, which wasn't horrible because let's be honest, if you're going to Comic-Con, who the fuck wants to wait? Uh, especially now uh, in line for Hall H for some nonsense that, you know, an hour after the show, or the the panel or whatever not even during the panel someone's posting the trailer someone's posting the fucking you know panel so i don't have to wait in line anymore so the good thing about it was is i don't have to wait in line in hall h to go see shit which i never did anyways i could watch all these panels at home and i could pick and choose and i don't have to rush across the whole fucking convention getting covid from anyone or everyone getting the fucking con crud by touching stranger dangers i don't have to do that Okay, I could sit at home and I could watch these fucking panels on the goddamn computer or my iPhone or whatever the fuck. And let me tell you something. This year was not enjoyable because of that. It was people's cameras are shit. I only watched a couple panels. I watched uh, there was a Stargate Atlantis reunion that GateWorld did, and that was kind of fun. Uh, you know, why wasn't Jason Momoa there? I didn't watch the whole thing. Maybe he popped in, but he wasn't. And that show gave him a career. So, you know, maybe you need to pay a little respect to the old fucking SGA. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, Joe Flanagan was supposed to pop in, but I don't know if he did towards the end. Should have been there the whole time. Who the fuck is that guy, right? I, you know, Joe Flanagan and I were arch enemies. Uh, uh, I was at a Stargate convention once and he was asking questions of the audience and at one point i was the only person raising my hand and he just never fucking picked on me and every time some girl would raise her hand he'd just pick on her or someone else he'd pick on them never picked on me joe flanagan so you're my arch enemy now you and wesley snipes wesley snipes speaking of arch enemies i'm sure he's a fine fella 
But let me take you back a few years to uh, the MTV Movie Awards, um, where a young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Tori Mel was at the MTV Movie Awards or Video Awards, or whatever the fuck they were, hanging out backstage because that's who I am and what I do. And it was around the time of White Men Can't Jump. White Men Can't Jump was the greatest goddamn movie starring Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. If you haven't seen it, and Rosie Perez. That's my Rosie Perez. Oh, Billy! Billy! Thank you. Do I sound like Rosie Perez? Yeah, Finnegan thinks I sound like Rosie Perez. He's my peanut gallery today because I don't know where Bailey is. Uh, you can feel free to chime in, guy, you know, whenever you want. He's, he's just enjoying the show because he can. Great movie. So I'm like a huge, I'm like all up on the Wesley tip. And I don't think Blade definitely wasn't out yet. But whatever, maybe New Jack City was. I don't remember. I'll have to research that timeline. Either way, I loved me some Wesley, Wesley Snipes. I bit my tongue because it's so long and delicious. Um, and I'm like, fuck, he's sitting at a table, standing at a, at a, a tabletop by himself. He has a beer all alone at the MTV uh, Video Awards. If you want to be alone and not in public, maybe you should go fucking home and just be alone at home and drink a beer. He also shouldn't be a celebrity. Because I was like, fuck, nice guy. I walk up to him. I'm like, me, the nice guy, not him. I was like, hey, Mr. Snipes, sorry to buy. Mr. Snipes, showing the due respect to a, an elder, as all you fucking kids should. You don't need to call me Mr. Mel when you see me. That's weird. Because then it makes you feel old, and I feel young. Don't call me Mr. Mel. All right, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is better. I'd rather you call me Daddy. That's creepy. It, what's creepy? Like, so, at some point, if you're a, a dude, I, get, I think even if you're a girl, if you're a daughter or a son, when you get older, if you call your parent Daddy, I think that's fucking strange. Right? No, it is. At some point, you got to drop the D-Y. Yeah. And just call him dad. So that's okay. But daddy's weird. Daddy's great when you're a little kid. What's the age cutoff for daddy? Eight? I don't know. Bailey's seven, and she still calls me daddy, and it's okay. Or does she call me daddy ever? Dada? Maybe I'm dada. I don't think my kids ever call me daddy. I'm glad they didn't because fuck them. Anyways, <laughs> daddy, not my kids. Fuck them too. Um, so Wesley Snipes is standing there. I'm like, Mr. Snipes, uh, sorry to bother you. Apologizing, going in, apolog maybe it was my lack of confidence that made him. But like, I'm like, he's a super famous guy and I'm just like some little fucking goofy dude. So it's like, I gotta be awkward and I gotta be respectful. So then I realize that I'm interrupting him. One time... One of my heroes, one of my favorite people on planet Earth is Michael J. Fox. I love Michael J. Fox more than anyone. Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies ever. Michael P. Keaton is one of the greatest characters ever. I love all of Secret of My Success. Like Michael J. Fox is my guy. I love him. I am 1,000% certain that he got his Parkinson's when he hit his head uh, in Back to the Future 1 on the ground because it looked like it hurt, and I think he fucking bonked his head, and it shook something loose, and I think that's what fucking Parkinson's him, and it makes me so sad because I, I can see that the moment it happened fucking prove me wrong. Anyways, I saw him at Arts Deli, my favorite deli in the universe in Studio City. Hi, Roberta and Harold. Uh, I've been going there since I was a little child. <laughs> I'm getting back to Wesley Snipes. That's how fucking good I am. I will. I. I'm. I'm diverging like Loki style and creating different fucking whatevers. Which was, if you watched uh, Doctor Strange, that 
or not not Doctor Strange, uh, Avengers, the the last one, Infinity War, no, Endgame. If you watch Endgame, uh, and and you see Hulk hanging out with uh, the Sorcerer Supreme, she has the fucking variants that are splitting off when she's like, this is why you can't do that. And she has that fucking timeline thing that's in Loki. So there's a little fucking Endgame Loki crossover. Oh, shit. Yeah, I just fucking blew your mind, right? Holy, I just shit myself. Yeah, awesome. yeah, that, that just happened. What was I saying? So yeah, and that's fucking, uh, that's it. End of the show. Thanks for tuning in. No, so Mike, why did I say that time variant divergent? I don't fucking know. I honestly don't. I don't know. Uh, Michael J. Fox, hero. I'm at, uh, oh, because I was saying Back to the Future, and then like, I don't know. So I'm at Arts Deli, and he was eating. Not really the best time to come up to people when their face is filled with fucking food, and they're kind of just enjoying a meal. But, you know, what am I like? And I drove a DeLorean. So I had a DeLorean, and the DeLorean was parked outside, right in front. And I went up to him, I'm like, hey, Mr. Fox, I'm a, now that I respect my elder. I'm like, I'm a huge fucking fan. I love you. I didn't swear because, you know, I'm a good boy. And I'm like, I just want to say, like, you know, and I have a DeLorean outside. And, you know, it, when you finish eating, I don't even know if I said that. I was like, you know, can I get an autograph or a picture? I don't know. I don't have, I don't, I didn't have cameras. So there are no camera phones then. There are no fucking, you'd have to, I'd have to carry a goddamn disposable camera with me everywhere, which I didn't do. He's like, absolutely, I'm just, you know, I'm enjoying my meal, let me finish, and then fucking I'll hook you up. I was like, dope, Michael J. Fox talks like me. He's like, I'll hook you up. He didn't say that. So he, I'm eating now, and he's finished, and he came over, and he's like, hey, you know, let me check out that DeLorean. I actually forgot what he said. Either way, we ended up outside, and uh, I robbed him. <laughs> I didn't rob Michael J. Fox. Uh, I showed him the DeLorean, and uh, he autographed my license plate, which said BK2FUT3, Back to the Future 3, because 2 was taken, which is my favorite, and then, you know, their Back to the Future was already taken. I don't fucking know. They signed it, and we talked about it, and I'm like, did you like it, and do you like the DeLorean? He's like, it's the most uncomfortable thing in the world. I hate this car. And I was like, I kind of understand a little bit. I love it. Uh, it's rad, except for when the air conditioning would break. And it was like I'm in a fucking oven. And then I started having flashbacks to my ancestors in Auschwitz. I'm Jewish. <laughs> um, and so, anyways, great experience. Michael J. Fox is just as nice as you would think. Uh, and I love him on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, people might not like that story arc. I thought it was fantastic. And he's my favorite person in the world. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Mr. Snipes. Uh, I'm a huge fan. He's just sitting there drinking a beer. It'd be like if you're at a bar and someone's drinking a beer and you walked up and you're like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And uh, Mr. Snipes, nice to meet you. Um, my name's Tori. I just wanted to say I'm a huge, huge fan. And, uh, you know, I love White Man Can't Jump and blah, blah, blah. I didn't even ask for autographs or anything. I just wanted to express my love for this human being. He looks at me, starts drinking his beer, and goes, Ugh. if you didn't hear that, Drinking and grunts at me with like a nod. Picks up his beer after I say that to him and fucking decides instead of saying, oh, thanks. Nice to meet you. Or even say, oh, hey, cool, man. I'm just trying to enjoy my beer. Fuck off. Like Seal did to me once. Seal was a, a fantastic musician. He probably still is. Um, he is kissed by a rose on the grave. This Wesley Snipes story better fucking pay off, guy. I think it doesn't. I think that was already it, but I'll, I'll circle back and finish it up. Uh, 
we were at our friend Nico's house one night, and we were all hanging out and talking and playing a game or something, and Seal was there in the group, and we were all having a great fucking time and laughing and enjoying it, right? And it was only a couple of us, so it's like not like me and 40 other people and Seal. It was like me, Nico, Iski, Seal, and like one or two other people. Uh, Nico Golfar is one of my old dear friends. Iski is fucking, <laughs> if you don't know Iski, go fuck yourself. Um, anyways, so we were laughing and having a good time. Literally, the next night, we were at Tower Records in Sherman Oaks, California. Um, and he was with his then wife, I think uh, Heidi Klum, were they married? Um, and they were looking at uh, CDs and Iski and I came in and I will take full responsibility of me being loud and obnoxious because that's who I am. We saw Seal and I walked up to him and I was like, Seal, what's up, man? Oh, shit. And I was like saying hi and just being super familiar because we spent hours the night before hanging out. And he just looked at me. And he goes, I'm just trying to have a real quiet night with my wife. And then some, something else. And then I like so dismissive. And I was like, all right. It was the worst feeling in the world. And I was like, I get where you're coming from, but maybe there was a nicer way to do it. I don't know. You sounded like a piece of shit, but he was a nice guy. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. Wesley Snipes, however, after he grunted at me, and completely dismissed me. Danny DeVito. And now you realize you can't say that Danny DeVito is fucking I used to see Danny DeVito and Rita Perlman, his wife, all the time at arts growing up. That's That was their place in studio. Everything happens at arts. But that's where they were. Danny DeVito is one of my heroes. He's on. Uh, he's Frank Reynolds on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know him from Taxi, uh, Twins, uh Fucking one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like everything. I don't know. I'm probably missing something. But he's in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. My favorite comedy uh, TV show ever made. It's been on for 14 years. It's 15th season. Is They're shooting it now. Um, saw Danny DeVito in Silver Lake. We were all eating dinner and he was walking by. And this was like, a, you know, the height of like some sunny shit. And I was like, oh shit, Danny DeVito. I was like, what's up, Mr. DeVito? Fucking I love you on. So he was just walking by. So it's not like I was bothering him. I was like, I love you on Sunday. You're the funniest fucking dude. Uh, super strange. I used to see you, you and Rita all the time at Arts growing up. And, he, and he, he's like, oh, thanks. He goes, Arts Deli, where every sandwich is a work of art. Because that's their like kind of logo. And I was like, yes. And then he went on this merry way. Great guy. Wesley fucking Snipes, who <laughs> snubbed me, had he didn't snub me. He blew me off and dismissed me like I was fucking beneath him. I'm like, bro. If you're going to be a fucking celebrity and go to a movie award where there are fans everywhere, expect someone to come up and say, and it's not like, there's no excuse for dismissing someone like that, unless you're having a really shitty day. He could have been, but he could have been like, you know, I'm having a bad day. That's it. Or something. Something to to denote that it, whatever was happening between he and I, like it wasn't the time. But that never happened. So instead he just fucking dismisses me. And I'm like, so he looks at me, he grunts, and he's like, uh, and I look at him back and kind of sit for a minute, and I was like, okay, and then just turned and walked away. And this, I got to tell you, is I've been married for 15 years. Prior to that was 
I mean, this, this had to be over. I'm 47 now, so I, maybe I was like, maybe this is like, this is over 30 years ago. Maybe it's 30 years ago. When did White Men Can't Jump come out? Uh, let's look this up. White Men Can't Jump. Uh, White Men Can't Jump came out in 1992. I was born in 1974. What was I, 18 years old? Is that the math? I don't know. I'm horrible at math. 1992 this is. So I'm young. Wesley Snipes. I can't believe it. So it was a, it was a bad experience with Wesley Snipes. Uh, with Mr. Snipes. Now, I will accept an apology. I'm not above it. I'd have to remind him how he snubbed me, and, and hopefully he'd be like, I'm sorry, I, I don't even remember it, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, cool. Let's fucking put you in Blade with fucking uh, Marshala, who's the new Blade? Anyways, that would, that would be... That that would be so fucked up. <laughs> but I would I would accept that too because it, it would be a, a 30 year comedic payoff. That would be my favorite thing. So maybe that's even better than an apology. And he just grunts at me and then I go on and I'm like, oh, that's his thing. Maybe that means he loves you. Oh my God. So that was my Wesley Snipes. I I you know, I don't know why we started talking about Wesley Snipes. Because I will tell you why we were talking about Wesley Snipes. Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, sometimes when you have a 40-minute Wesley Snipes uh, memory. That, that blanches off into three other memories about the character. Yes, you don't, you don't know what's happening anymore. But the good thing is, the good thing that came out of all this is that I think, and I just it just dawned on me the other day, I think the America that we all once knew and loved is gone. It's going to get weird. I think that this whole, and it's been uh, uh, boiling, simmering for years. And I'm not talking about fucking politics. And I'm not talking about the racist pieces of shit and the fucking, you know, cops that are fucking cocksucks. I'm talking about the cancelly culture, soft, like, children that have been being raised over the past 15 years. 18 years what am i talking about as 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 this is the first official full week of the 2001 olympic games 2001 2021 which is actually the 2020 postponed because of covid olympic games for the first time in i think 100 years the first time in I think 100 years, the United States of America did not get any medal on the very first day of the Olympics. Damn. Yeah. Weird. It's kind of weird. Why did this happen? Let's think about the athletes that were performing on that day. No. How old are these people? Right? They got to be young. Maybe they get into their early 20s, but they're young. Which means that this 20-year gap that they were being raised, their parents fucked up. They didn't push them as hard. They didn't make them try. I don't fucking know. I just know that it's a goddamn bummer that after 100 years, we didn't get a medal 
on the first day of the Olympics? Why is that? Question mark. I don't know. I wish I had the answer. And I think it's because the kids that were raised in the past 20 years were raised completely different than even my generation, which is, I guess, the one after that or before that, I mean. I don't know, but that shouldn't have happened. It's like in 1992, we're like, the whole world has been using their fucking professional athletes for all time, right, in basketball. But we were always using our collegiate athletes. And then in 1992, Barcelona, which Will Smith did the greatest theme song for the Olympics in Barcelona, and Freddie Mercury did one there too. There was a... Uh, he did a collab with, um, I don't know, some opera singer. And it was so good. It's a good song. Yeah, so they're... Yeah. Barcelona. It was the first time that we met. Barcelona. How can I forget? All right, now give us a story about Freddie Mercury. So when I was a senior in high school, which was 1992, right? People were like, where were you when... Where where were you when when when... JFK died, right? That's what people are like. This was my Freddie Mercury. And also the Challenger. When the space shuttle exploded, I remember where I was. I was actually at home when that happened. This is what's weird. I feel, because today when a horrible tragedy happens, the, the ne like two minutes later, there's already horrible, poor-tasted jokes that are coming out about it. And everyone knows about it because there's social media, right? And you can just look it up. You turn on your computer and there's like a funny joke somewhere. That isn't funny, but you know humor uh i was home i was sick that day i was watching the space shuttle or maybe i wasn't sick and i just stayed home because i didn't want to go to school or maybe i wanted to watch the fucking space shuttle so my parents let me stay home it blew up it's fucking gnarly i was like holy shit i don't know if i was sad or scared uh or anything but i feel like within 24 hours and this is i don't know what year that thing blew up what year was that? 80. What year did the Challenger blow up? 1986. I'm 12 years old. Okay. At home, 12 years old. There's no internet. There's no nothing. This fucking, the world is, is different, right? This is the past I'm talking about here, people. Um, boom. Within 24 hours, somehow I heard the joke. NASA stands for need another seven astronauts. I don't know how that happens. What's the difference between an apple and a dead baby? Please don't say this. You will get <laughs> I don't come on an apple's face before I eat it. And if you become famous, they will. It's, no, because it's the best joke. I hope so. Maybe I shouldn't say that joke in front of my kids. I don't know. But anyway, so that's, I, I don't know how that happens, It, but it does happen. Uh, and I find out uh, within 24 hours that that's the joke. So it's very strange to me that I don't remember what I was talking about prior to this. Um, cancel culture. Was it cancel culture? It's about like how if you stop marrying a millennial, you can live like an apple. So this is what's strange. The United States of America lost their first medal. In 100 years, and it's because these kids weren't raised with the fucking true grit. That's what I'm, I'm doing to my son. I make him play tennis every day. I don't. I'm turning him into one of these people that are going to go to the Olympics and lose in the first round <laughs> because he's fucking, I didn't push him hard that's enough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're going to win all the majors. 
Then you're going to go to the Olympics and you're going to lose because I didn't push you hard enough. Fuck. But that's what's happening with these fucking kids in the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I'm a huge fan of the Olympics. I love summer and winter games. I'm a skier by trade, but I love track and field and I love gymnastics. They're my two favorite things to watch during the Olympics. I think it's fun. I, I tried watch. I watched uh, skateboarding. Uh, Nigel Houston, a uh, major disappointment. Sorry, buddy. But, uh, you know, this isn't the X Games, brother. This is the goddamn world stage. This is the Olympics. You got to be the best in the world. Uh, and you weren't that day. I think you got bronze, maybe. Um, and then I uh, watched surfing, which is a strange sport because it really is. Every other venue in the Olympics, you could kind of build and create. And But surfing, you need nature. And if the surf is weird, then surfing looks weird. And surfing looked very strange uh, on these little waves in uh, Japan. And I don't know if uh, I'm not a surfer, so who fucking knows? Maybe they were great. But they didn't look exciting. They don't look rad. It's fun. I'm jealous of surfers. I tried surfing a few times. I just can't do it. They should have. This is what this 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 is a Japan move. Like, I'm surprised they didn't do this. Why didn't they build a giant ass uh, wave pool like that one in Texas? I don't know where it is, but they have like a big wave generator pool thing so people could practice surfing in off seasons or when it's, you know, when there's no surf. And this, it's fucking dope. Go to YouTube and like search up the, you know, the wave pool thing. I don't know. You'll see it. Why didn't Japan build that? Because they could have used it after the Olympics too, you know, because open it up and let people, you know, pay money to go do it. It becomes usable. They didn't do that. So now we're reliant on Mother Nature, which every country, since you got to invest, like, I think if you win an Olympic bid, you got to, like, you put, like, you have to put $3 billion into the infrastructure of it. I don't know. Look that up. There could be something that I think that number is correct. Guys, listen to me. And when I say guys, I mean guys and girls. One of my favorite, I think this might be my favorite movie of all time. Because I have, I have, What? I could have said people. That spooky is right. She's back in the gallery. Um, people is a thing. Um, one of my, I think this, I think this is my favorite movie. Because I have everyone's like, what's your favorite movie? And I can name a million movies because I love movies, and movies that I love are my favorite movie. You're like, oh, if you're on a fucking desert island, you can bring one movie. I just kill myself because uh, there's not just this is this would be the one, right? But I like Back to the Future. Right, I talked about that earlier. Michael J. Fox, great guy. DeLorean, sign my autograph. You know, this is really creepy. I'll tell you a creepy story about Michael J. Fox. He molested me in the bathroom at Arts. No, um, I, I don't think I sat down yet. Let me re. I'm remembering now. I forget what I was doing. Maybe we were waiting for a table because I didn't. He didn't come up to me, uh, at, at while I was eating. I was standing, waiting to be seated or something, and he finished eating, and he and as he was leaving, he was like, let's go check out that fucking DeLorean. So I was waiting to sit down, and the reason I remember this, which is the creepiness, is I uh, was like, sit me in his booth, which they did, and then there were like crumbs <laughs> in the booth, and I saved some of his rye bread crumbs. Oh, Jesus Christ, you are crazy. I'm creepy. I still have the crumbs in a Ziploc bag in this uh, like briefcase that has all of my most valuable possessions. Holy fucking Hey, you're talking to a guy that saved Finnegan's foreskin too. Oh, I remember. So, so I'm like, uh, I like, I'm a collector. 
of breadcrumbs and foreskins. So. <laughs> I did do that. Well, you know, I, I don't like to talk about this. I don't, I don't talk about my heroic efforts because, you know, I don't want to put my family in danger of being a superhero. Um, I've, I've saved many lives throughout my 47 years. I've hunted down criminals uh, many times throughout my 47 years. When... No, I've actually done it twice in Hawaii. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, well, what's a bunch of times? It's more than once. Ten times is a bunch. Show eight more criminals. Look out. I'm coming for you. Um, Bailey was a little baby baby, and she was sitting on this little red chair in our living room at home. Oh, she was trying to climb something? Uh, so she was trying to get something. And I was sitting on the couch, and Finnegan was, like, walking in the room. And Bailey lost her balance and was falling straight to the ground to smash her little precious head open. And, like, that would have been horrible, and she would have died, or her head would have exploded. I don't know what happens to little kids when you drop them on their heads. Um, and uh, as she was falling with lightning quick reflexes, and this is about like 10 feet away, maybe, um, I take a pillow from the couch and I sling it like a fucking disc of Tron or like the glaive from fucking Krull. And right before her little precious head hits the ground, that pillow slides right under her fucking head and she lands on the pillow. Not a scratch on her, not a bonk on her. I, just, I distinctly remember it landing perfectly. It literally chaos. stopped. Aligned with right under your little head. I saved your life. Finnegan is my witness, which means that I'm not crazy. I'll tell you another story that happened uh, of me being a hero. When I was a kid, I went to a school called the Country School in uh, North Hollywood, California. Um, and uh, something, I don't know how it was. like. Maybe there was like a cable on the fence. Or I don't know what it was, but there was a, a gate that separated the... Uh, kindergarten from the uh, first to sixth grade or maybe it was preschool or no, it was kindergarten right so those the kids wouldn't like you know cross the streams and on the sliding gate if you touched one side the the base and then the and you touched the sliding part you'd get shocked and so i don't know why they didn't know about this right away but people like kids we would go and like we'd touch it because we like to get shocked I don't because we're weird little kids. Like we're, you know, like fourth, fifth grade. So there's You put what in your mouth? Oh yeah, she used to eat cables, Bailey. So um so the sliding gate and uh, the uh, one day this kid named Walker Strandis, I think was his name, uh he went to go do the thing and held on and he couldn't let go. And he was being electrocuted by this fucking fence. And I saw this and I sprinted across the yard, the playground, and I tackled him off of the fence. And then he went and did his thing and he went to uh, the hospital and uh, I'm making a good hospital. Like they called his parents and he went home and it was like this whole big sh to do. It was great. Uh, and I thought I made that up. Because I don't, rem like, I'm like, maybe it wasn't that bad, or maybe, I don't know. We were little kids. Cut to high school. I'm like 10th, 11th grade, or something like that. Yeah, what's your question? 
I don't know. I think it was something was wrong. I don't, but they didn't fix it. And I, it was weird. Cut to 10th or 11th grade. I'm walking through the halls of my school, Bel Air Prep, which no longer exists, RIP. Um, and uh, this, I'm walking down the hall and I hear, Tori? And I look and I'm like, oh shit, Walker. I was like, what's up, dude? He was getting a tour of the school because I think he was going to transfer there. I'm like, how are you? He's like, good. He goes, hey, you remember when you saved my life in fifth grade or whatever it was? I was like, I absolutely do. And I explained how I thought I was making it up in my head. He's like, no, no, no. And I went home and like I was all fucked up. And, and so I remember all of that and it's great and I'm a hero, which all leads to what island, what video would you bring <laughs> to an island if you can only have one? So I don't know, but one of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. It's not Casa Blanca or Casa Vega or Casa del Sol. It all does if you just piece it together. It's I'm like the Marvel Cinematic Universe of podcasts, buddy. I don't think you are. <laughs> huh. I'm like the DC Universe of yeah, nah. This is the, the the Tory cut. Um Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite movies uh ever made. I think it might be my favorite. I don't know why. I just love the story. I love the payoff. I love Stephen King. I love, I didn't read Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Let's just be honest. I think it's a short story. Just like I didn't read the short story of The Mist, but The Mist is one of my favorite movies too. Um, Shawshank Redemption is having a 4K Ultra HD release, which I, my friends, am very, very, very excited about. I will be getting it. Um, and you should too. If you liked Shawshank, why wouldn't you get it in 4K? Now, this is, I guess, my question, uh, and the three people that will ever listen to this and get this far this episode, feel free to, uh, you know, email me this answer to this question. If you restore a movie to 4K, which means you're making it look clear as shit, you're lo are you losing that film quality of something that was shot on film, the graininess, and is that going away? And then does that change the feel of the movie? That's the question that's on all of our minds. And I need to know the answer to this. Maybe I'll just research it and then you just don't even have to worry about it. Um, and then uh, and then I'm going to wrap it up with this because I've droned on uh, for far too long about I don't even know what. Alex Trebek passed away this year. Everyone knows Alex Trebek, host of Jeopardy. Uh, Jeopardy is the greatest show ever made. I remember the first day. What was the question? Ah. I, so I used to watch Jeopardy with my dad all the time, and I, I could never, ever get the final answer, right, the, uh, or the final question, ever. And I remember one day we were in his room, both naked, laying on the bed, spooning. I was 27 years old. No, we were both, we were in his room watching Jeopardy, and the final Jeopardy uh, question came up, or answer, I, whatever. Why are you so weird, Jeopardy? It was... Uh, man's uh, in the jungle book what is man's red flower or something like that and I'm like fire of course it's the answer I celebrated my dad was blown away first time I ever got my Jeopardy answer it's like where was JFK when he where were you when JFK died or the space shuttle blew up I was in my dad's room watching Jeopardy with him when spooning, I got my spooning and kissing him when I got my first Jeopardy uh, thing Alex Trebek passed away. He's the face and host of Jeopardy for 800 years. It's so sad. 800 years. 800 years. Finnegan. Yes. And um, and so the big thing was they're never going to end Jeopardy. Who's the host going to be? 
Who's going to replace Alex Trebek? Now, no one could replace Alex Trebek because he is a, a staple. He is a great guy. He's probably the smartest person on planet Earth. Uh, and he's Alex Trebek. You can't replace him. Then all of a sudden, someone's like, LeVar Burton should be the host of Jeopardy. Wait, what? You're talking about the reading rainbow and data from Star Trek Next Generation? That's the greatest fucking idea anyone's ever heard in the history of ideas. This is amazing. The only natural person on planet Earth that could even come close to filling the shoes of Alex Trebek is Le LeVar Burton. It makes perfect sense. But then they're Jeopardy dragging their feet. And so then they have a slew of guest hosts for the past however many months. And everyone's like, why? And why isn't LeVar Burton? Why don't you just hire him to be the guy? And Jeopardy's still not doing it. Even, even LeVar Burton's like, I would love to host Jeopardy. That would be amazing. Guess what? Tonight, this, will, this, this episode will air 17 years from now. But tonight, on July 26th, LeVar Burton will finally be guest hosting Jeopardy. And I, I will be watching all, I'll be tuning in all week. I am so excited for this. I am beyond elated. I can't wait. I think he's going to be amazing. If you never watched Jeopardy, I think you should. And just start now. And I bet that this week they're going to get the biggest ratings they've ever had since the passing of, since the episode, since Alex Trebek's final episode and, uh, or whenever he passed. However, that, whatever that transition was, those were the, probably the two highest rated ones. This, this week will be huge for the Jeopardy folks. So I'm leaving you with that. Watch Jeopardy. Support LeVar Burton as the host. Start a goddamn, uh, you know, change.org, like, petition to make him the host forever. I don't know. I just, I just know that you probably learned nothing sitting here for the past 17 hours. Wasting your life. But did you waste it? Yes, you did. But you had fun doing it. And you listened to me drone on. So really, I have very few opinions, and they're not well thought out. But you know what? I could talk for an hour. And that's, I think, what we all just learned here today. Shawshank Redemption, 4K. Wesley Snipes owes me an apology. Or a grunt. What? Or a grunt. A, a grunt or an apology. Um, and that's it. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back again, uh, you know, with a new theme song and whatever. Thank you.